What time do you call this? I call it Bert time. It's 6.53am in Great Britain. Home of G1 finalist, what I'm told. I believe it's 1.50am, 1.53am in Eastern Standard Time. Um, I have just completed a podcast, a little-known podcast you may have heard of, called The World Famous Late Night Grim. No, it's called The World Famous. Um, it's called The Late Night Grim. We called it World Famous as a sort of um, piece of branding. Like the way we say, you know, uh, the way we say, uh, you know, punching above our weight or the home of wrestling conversational content. We used to call it The Measuring Stick. Then Bob kind of pushed that a little bit far. Um the home of po- polarizing pop culture conversation, you know, I think we've gone with, but anyway, enough about us, right? So this is the Burt. Uh, usually I do this on latenightgrin.com, but it's legitimately the most absurd idea I've ever had. So I might as well try and maximize the minimal audience for this. Um, I don't know how long it'll be. It could legitimately be five minutes. It could be an hour. Hopefully nothing more than an hour. That'd be a bit ridiculous, but I'm here. Um, and I'm ready to play. Not sure what, you know, I'm I'm happy to discuss professional wrestling at this hour. Um, we did the late night grin tonight. I had a great time. Bob thought it was a terrible show, which I thought was a little bit unnecessary. Um, I had a great time. But it is worth saying that one of the great things about the grin is we can do four hours, but I don't feel like we really talked about wrestling at any point. So I feel like if you ask me a good question right now, I may even be able to give you an answer. Um, probably not, but like I can give it a good go. So let's try and have some fun here. If there's any questions in the chat, we can do them. I have a couple in the email gimmick that I could. I don't want to kind of burn them, though, because I feel like an arsehole if I give shitty answers. Um, we're live, pal. Let me scroll to the top of the chat. Or how? JFC, you actually did it. I'm not going to say what JFC stands for. That'd be crass. Or how? Early, early morning, but it's actually, I mean, this is a good time for the bird here in Great Britain, you know, but it is, it's very early. There it is, 152. Young Duke's got out of bed and he has the COVID. God bless him. What a talent. It's actually genuinely kind of alarming that, like, our audience is so reflective of us and that none of you guys appear to be out of sleep. Like, I'm seriously apologetic for that. Um... Available now. <gasps> Available now. Earn a bigger 55% ad revenue split. Head to, head to the ads manager and set your ads to three minutes per hour to unlock this rate. I'm not going to do that. I'm not a fucking asshole, but that sounds good. Oh, there you go. The beauty of being on the Twitch. Bangers has resubscribed for one month at tier one. They've been subscribed for free. 
Mum, so I'm pretty sure there is no. I'm pretty sure when I say tier one, I don't mean that to be the mean. I'm pretty sure there is just a tier, right? There should be. I don't know how it works, but anyway, thank you very much, fans. I appreciate you. Um, there you go, Goldie said why. Just referenced my God or how? Um, fair. I agree. Interesting topic from confirmed shooters. Have you guys heard about this new NBA 2K mode? I haven't, shoot. You want to put some information in the chat, mate, so I can go through it on the air? Be good. Bro, there's only 30 people here. That's hilarious. This is sadistic. You're insane. Bro, Tope Suicida, star of the late night green, star of the post dynamite hangout, is over there running Major League Wrestling in 2004. That piece of shit's got Ray Jr., he's got Sam Joe, the works. And he's drawing 71 people. Someone's been watching too much Greg Gunn, if you ask me. Sorry, that's just, that's outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. Ridiculous behavior from the famed Tope Suicida. Has been a while, Brian. Good call. Pop. Just woke up. Uh, we did do some Shotzi live talk on on the grin. So if you go about two and a half hours into that show, you'll be you'll be well served, brother. It was there. I promise. I'm trying to like get my switch to work. Fuck it. Hello. Yes, this is the yes we are live. Is the fleet fucked? Yes. Absolutely. Um, Joe, how would you book an all-women AEW show? I would give it its own format completely, legitimately. I, I think what you would try and do with that is, rather than have it like a match card style, the way they do with Dynamite, I would try and treat it like a, tra a traditional US TV show and like weave stories in and out. Kind of a good, like, my archetype, my format there would be like twenty mid-2010s NXT that I often talk about, where you give the women chances to have longer matches, but you wouldn't just be doing his four matches. We'll do an hour of TV and get it done with. Like, I think the real beauty of such an idea is that you can actually do like angles. You can have an opening promo. You can have, give someone a chance to go out there and be a character, you know, and to shoot an angle and to build a program and to be in a feud, which I think is way more beneficial than women just going out and having 10 minute matches just because to a crowd that isn't into it. You want to try and build your own content that stands alone, I think would be the key. So I think that'd be the, the main thing would be to give it its own format. And in terms of the talent, I think you guys know the ones that I'm you know high on and ones I'm not so high on. There's more than enough talent to do a good show for an hour every week. I mean, way more. People don't realize how few guys you need to do an hour show. Trust me, the women, they've got more than enough. Uh, Emmy Sacker has not been on TV once. She, she'd be a great addition to any weekly show. I mean, you could use her tremendously on an hour TV show. So, um, that's what I would do. I, I would try and give it a very particular format that gives the audience something different compared to the rest of the AEW programming. Pop. Yeah, I don't know why people are here either. It's kind of weird. It's only 4 p.m. Are you in, uh, Bang? Are you in Australia? Australia. Um, I'm not going to do the ad thing. Three minute ad is fucking outrageous, bro. I got the PWG 19 Blu-ray. I want that very much, Brian. That rules. 
and um, buddy bud trigger speed boy out of the old weapon is vile. I need to see it, and that's the one with uh, Garcia and Takeshita, right? That's that one. If it is that one, that's the one I want. I want to get that one. Enjoy it, pal. Sounds good. CM Punk scared of Kenny. I don't believe so. No, I don't have friend in there. But I don't think the uh, you know, I, I don't think he's scared of him. Can we talk about war game starring control and WWE for all series? Bro, I'd love it. Um, <clears throat> I think the angle they're going to go with here is Alexa is going to be, you know, her eyes are going to be on the belt and she's going to turn on Bianca. I think it's a good angle. And I think she'll do a good job of it. I really am increasingly tempted by them being a team. I don't know, man. I don't, when I look at women's division, I see so many women who are new and need a push. And I see so many women in NXT that you could do the same, you know, you could have the same argument. Not so many, but there's a couple of women in NXT that you would like to give a push to that are brand new. When I say push, I don't mean world title. I mean, like, put them on the TV show. And it's like, Eskrin and Electra are such established pieces. They're cemented on the card at a certain level. And they'll always be credible and always be relevant. They have big fan bases. And as a team, they give the women's tag division like a net. Because if they're involved, it can only fall so far. Equally, you can always heat one up. I absolutely get why people want Alexa as a heel because she's more compelling that way. But quite frankly, the audience fucking likes Alexa. So I like them as a team. I absolutely am down for this being a full-on faction war and doing war games. Um, that would be such a cool deal and such a cool statement for the for the main roster product. So I, I would love it. But honestly, man, I'm really excited for the trios match to begin with, just the straight-up trios. I, I'm not convinced it'll be what I want it to be. I think there's a world in which you give about 20 minutes and it's like really great and awesome. And maybe not in the way that people, you know, I'm not saying it'll be like a fucking, you know, elite trios of all these awesome gifts and stuff, but like, I mean, they can do something really cool with that. I think mean, if they put in the right place in the card, the heat will be really good and it will carry it. So I'm excited. Bud Matt, tune into Rampage, folks. What would a punk Kenny match even look like? Oh, I'm sure it'd be great. Kenny is so versatile. I mean, dude is so adaptable in terms of um, his ability to adjust pace-wise and style-wise. So I think he'd work a classical, you know, NWA title match, so to speak, with Punk. That'd be my guess. But I'd like to see it. I don't know if we will see it now, but you know, Punk thing is so weird, man. We were just literally after the grim. We spent like pretty sizable amount of time they're just talking through and like we're all kind of befuddled it's such a weird deal um it's so weird that i absolutely get the instinctual gobby a work take and i don't think it's wrong necessarily i think it very well could be a work i'm just very hesitant on that because i know it, historically guys responding to news with it's a work it does not often go great so i'm very hesitant to do that bit you know but we'll see We'll lay a player, as Bobby Two Shoes would say. What would you make the main event of the first All Elite Woman show? I would do. I would even do a title match. You probably look at Tony as a baby face. Hmm. That's very difficult because the pieces that are on that are at your disposal right now, I don't love for a big-time title match because there's a lot of workers in there that I don't trust to have a great match. Probably Tony, Jamie, too. I, You know, the first match was good, but they didn't get a lot of time. Probably that for the belt. 
my actual answer really i think the ideal thing is an all-star tag and you do the kind of thing we just talked about you kind of use that archetype of thunderstorm versus brit and jamie you know but um very interesting i i think that's you know a couple ideas sorry hear that triple ball pop agreed I'm popping myself, Double J. You're not Double J, you're JJ. Double J is the Impact fan. Hello, JJ. I'm having fun on the Late Night Grin Twitch channel. <laughs> Joe, yes, that's me. Is it fair to say that the accounts of all interested parties, including media, are served by, by servicing the, the perception that this whole punk thing is a shoot? If so, why wouldn't a company book major stories accordingly? A new kayfabe constitutes change the world yet. I think you're probably right. I think the mindset is admirable. However, I inherently, instinctively dislike the idea of such a thing. I do not believe a good TV show stories are reliant on, dependent on, or hinged upon online stories and online drama that's probably outdated if you believe it is you don't have to tell me i'm already wearing it i'm sure that is outdated i'm an old head in that sense to me you got three hours of tv your story needs to be substantially strong enough that it is not reliant on certain things like someone's dick backstage and said i won't do a job i'm sorry maybe that's me being old-fashioned again it'll probably work a treat for this audience but I just don't, I don't believe in that. As a, now, you can use real conflicts on the TV show, of course, but the leak involved him saying, I'm not losing to Man Page. If that's saying that's in, you know, like an in-house play, then I don't really, I don't like it. In addition, the media is, is helped by these stories now. If they get burnt on too many that turn out to be works, it is not good for the media. So there's a long moving piece of it. So that's just my opinion on it. Some people will love the worksheet stuff. I have very you know, kind of firm opinion on the, the concept. That's just me. I can't speak for anyone else. Someone said, um, I missed it. Fuck. With all the talk, hello, don't have an app. With all the talk about a potential WWE main roster war games match out there, what would that actually look like? Would it be a weapon spot fest like the NXT ones? Yes. What would Lexi's role be when they're so protective of her ring? So to be clear, like I'm not doing my bit here. I'm being sincere. The Alexa stuff is like a thing. But the reason um, this week it was especially such a thing was because like she was not particularly well enough to do much in the match. Just to be just for, you know, so clear for this particular week. Now, generally, they are very protective of her, certainly. She's wrestled more since she came back. The problem with Alexa as a babyface is she doesn't have offense. So what you basically do with Alexa is you let, you let her take the heat. You know, you, you have like a do drop, work a hold on her, and the crowd comes up, makes a hot take to whoever she's teaming with. So with that in mind, what you would probably do is have her come in somewhere in the middle and use her for that exact purpose. She can do a lot of just kind of laying around and, you know, going from corner to corner and selling, but you probably use you probably get heat on Alexa because people like her, which then would set up your Asuka entry, your you know Becky entry, 
Um, you wouldn't have her in first because she's not capable of being in first and anchoring the match. But I would use her that way, honestly, um, as a baby face. So that's just me. In terms of what the match would be, it would absolutely be a spot face. That's the only way we do them now. It's unfortunate. Also true. The home of Bud Matt. God bless. Yeah, Roxy's fucking awesome. Who's the fourth on each team? Candice LeRae is the fourth on Control, and Becky is the fourth on the Babyface team. You could also have them as a heel team. That's great, Alex. A good call. Shield tag match spot on, I agree. I'm thinking Asker and Lexi are going to win the tag titles and Bailey will challenge them to put all the belts on the line for the three-on-three -three at the castle. Um, huh. That's interesting. I think it's more likely if they're going to do the belts on the line that Dakota and EO win them and then both sides are putting up belts. I think it's more likely. But I think Control will win the tag titles tournament. I think Asker and Alexa, the key with Asker and Alexa on Monday is do they have dissension or do they just lose? You know? Because I think, the, you know, I again, I clearly, I'm in on them as a babyface team, so I'd have them just lose. Obviously, you could do like a, you know, interference or whatever, but they lose is the point. But you could equally have a deal where they kind of fuck saying up and then you then you know that turns it. So I think Control will win on Monday and win the tournament. Tony versus Rico is a good answer. That's a good question. Do you think Tony's winning all that? I do. The big key is there's a turn of some kind. Um, you know, the, the the interesting about that match is there's no way you're going to just do a babyface match and have Rosa win. Um, I think Tony wins and then Rosa turns heel in the aftermath. I think there's a lot of evidence Tony could unfortunately lose again, but Rosa turns in the match and it's more of a plot device. I think there's some evidence that Tony may win by turning heel. So I think there's a turn on the table is what I'm saying here. Um, my guess is Tony will take the belt. I don't think they want to beat her again in that saying. So that's my personal prediction. Any ideas on why Punk will have an issue of Hangman? Same with Cabana getting banished off AWT. I think it's all about Cabana from my own. I mean, I don't know anything. I'm just guessing. But it seems like it's all about Cabana. It's all weird about it, though. Like... I have no interest in like judging like people's personal relationships because fuck what a hypocrite I would be. You know, God, look, man, it's hard. I don't know. I will say that <laughs> if this is all real, it ain't a great look from the outside looking in from CM Punk. But that's, you know, he's going to do him, man. Like, it's a weird, from the outside looking in, it's a very weird story. I and mean, we can all agree on that. Whether you believe it or not, it's a strange story. It's come out of nowhere in terms of him being upset and frustrated. So, I don't know. Um, I got the sense. I get the sense they booked the match for next week to get the belt off of Punk and pivot to another change for Moxie. Very possible. I am increasingly of the belief. Not that, and I'm not saying that it's been a work the whole time. I think the idea may be that Max is the finish next week, and him and Punk are an alliance against AEW that eventually adds FTR, um, and it's like the All Star Pinnacle and. You know, the, the AEW babyfaces have to kind of fight uphill against this super faction of guys that are trying to tear the promotion down and have no care for the promotion science. So then you kind of have Moxley, Hangman, and Eddie, the three guys that were the focus of Punk's promo. Um, that is a very optimistic look at what is currently a real story, apparently. So 
I think you could be very much correct. Who that challenger is from Oxford, I don't know. Um, I was half joking about Samoa Joe. I'm not totally joking because I don't know who else the fuck else it would be. But I mean, you could do Hangman, but like, if you do Hangman Moxley, it just draws attention to the fact Punk's not there because you talk shit about Hangman, you know? It's like, it's a weird one, man. I don't know what they're going to do. And there's a lot of talk about you do Moxley Punk next week and then you do Punk Hangman at the paper. It's like, I wouldn't burn Punk Moxley to do a rematch of the last pay per view. I just wouldn't, but it's just me. Hello, JJ. I am a fucking madman, factual. I agree. That's my personal take. And look, I know that everyone's online now, but I'm I'm telling you that people overestimate how real people are. There are I know more people in real life that didn't know the MJF thing was like a work when he fucking swore on TV and shit. Like, there's a lot of people watch AEW that aren't you know select subscribers and aren't listening to Dave and get mad about his TV right predictions. Like it's you got to be careful with that stuff. I don't think they've actually had a problem with thus far. I don't think it's been that bad thus far at all. I think people overstate it. But you start doing shit like, you know, Punk won't do a job, then you be careful. You're Papa John's or Domino's guy, Domino's. Domino's has got a very different brand here, though. Much more like, it's seen as like the top like the top pizza place in Britain, which in America it's seen as like the one that gets the shit kicked out of it. So there you go. Make sure in the razor. I don't think it's out there. This is about my take on the cafe thing. Uh, however, there's a deep history that the entire audience is aware of with Punk that this all hinges on. So is it really an online thing? Um, there is something with Punk, but you need to present it correctly on TV in a way that makes sense. The argument that Punk doesn't care about AEW doesn't make any sense on TV right now because Punk has come in, been a happy-go-lucky babyface the whole time. But more than that, has wrestled every two weeks and had you know these crazy matches and showed respect to everyone. So he hasn't really done anything on the TV show that would suggest he's insincere. Eddie Kingston feud came close, but Eddie is—I mean—he's abrasive in a way where you could easily just say like, "Well, Eddie was a dick" because he was. That's Eddie's character. So there is a deep history, but you have to remember that within that deep history, Punk is the hero of that story. To the audience that watches AEW. The audience that watches AEW would not look at Punk's history and say, this is a guy who's unpredictable and arsehole. They would say, he's the guy who stood up against the big corporation. He, you know, good for him. Now, when you when you do it this way around, it's different. So, I personally think it's a bad idea. Now, that doesn't mean it's all bad. If they shoot the angle next week and it's good on TV after that, then it'll be good. But I think you can get very lost in the, the details here of how to tell this particular story when in reality wrestling can be a lot simpler than that a lot more broad strokes than that in a way that a wider audience can enjoy we're going to ratings on the grin i don't intend to wear ratings a lot and i want to stress again i'm aware that AEW is doing well but if they think the answer to getting past 950 to getting past a million is this i would i think they're misplaced per person this is just me this is joey bing bong talking for jay bing bong i think that'd be a mistake we shall see. But before breakfast, what time of your life? God bless. Thank you. Have a good morning, pal. Uh, yeah, the bird is on Twitch because I was scared no one would be here. Yeah, that's screening your star. And what you do is, like, you wouldn't even have him touch before that. It would fucking rule. This is something I've experienced. I'm sure Frank has too because Frank C. which is his fiance. Like... Punk in AEW has been a total hero, bro. Like he's there's no 
there's no like real connective tissue there. It's just so loose. Like when when Hangman was cutting his promos, everyone I, like in my kind of you know like my family and even people that, beyond that were just like, why is Hangman being a dick? It didn't make sense then. I talked about this all the time. It's not like I'm doing this now. It's just it's weird. Um, no, there's no way Punk ends up in the fair just because pure pride. <laughs> dude's, dude's way too locked in his stance to do that shit, man. He won't do it. He, he won't, you know, that to him that'd be conceding in a way that he will absolutely refuse to do. No way. And he also fucking hates Triple H, so no way. I agree. I miss Ruby. It feels like Ruby has been, um, unfortunately, it feels like Ruby has been a, a victim of circumstance with the all-out build. I don't know if she's still in the Eddie story anymore. And if, if that's the case and she never gets back in it, which I don't think will happen, I think she'll be the finish of the all-out match, but that'd be a real shame because they kicked the shit out of her in that program. It was terrible. Hangman, Eddie, Mox and Wardlow versus Punk, MJF and F MJF and FTR. Yeah, that'd be, I mean, there you go. That's great, right? That's the, that's the NWO, WCW vibes you're looking for right there. I think Wardlow is the one that can take down the MJF Punk Super Faction. It's right there from the belt, Wardlow. I'm so torn on Wardlow, bro, because I think you're right. But, like, I can't pretend that I'm not I'm not there yet with him. Like, I just – I see the pieces. He's fucking cool. And he's capable in the ring and he can talk. So he ticks all the boxes. I get I just don't – I'm not convinced about him being the world's champion anytime soon. I'm just not. It's just me. <clears throat> Again. It's all subjective, right? Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but I just don't. I'm not locked in on that yet, personally. And a lot of people that I respect very much are. So if you are, then nothing wrong with that. But I just, I don't know. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit tonight. It's an interesting topic. Kenny and the Bucks versus Punk and FTR. Online, there's like a real dynamic at play there in terms of there's like a conflict between fans that like one side and like the other, which is very funny, but yeah, kind of rules. Um, so that's a thing. The issue of that is like to the actual audience that fills the buildings, which side of that team is more, which side of that match is more over because I don't know, man. I mean, they love Kenny and the Bucks, but like <laughs> Punk went out there and was like, yeah, Hangman sucks, Eddie sucks, and so does Moxley. And they were like, CM Punk, <laughs> just chanting his name. It's pretty crazy. It's going to be pretty difficult to make him. A full-on heel unless he goes, you know, a certain direction, which he very much could. Promo on the Wednesday before Double or Nothing. Um, uh, by Hanger is wild in hindsight. Check it. It was weird then, honestly, bro. I mean, it was just strange. It was a bizarre deal. Very strange. Bizarre situation. That's, that's one of the things that makes me very unsure about all this. Like... Why, like, him doing press while injured is, like, is weird. Um, makes me wonder if this punk angle would have happened earlier if he didn't get injured. It's interesting to wonder what that is, yeah. Because, like, if they just do the Moxie match and someone else works punk, that probably means that they're just going to do punk's original that match, <laughs> would be my guess, but that doesn't fill on the table right now. Uh, I don't think the story to tell is that he doesn't care about AEW. There's a story to tell that he's now the guy he would have always been if he was given the keys to the castle. Definitely, that's compelling. But the key is you have to then tell, you have to tell it. Too often with AEW, it's like fucking, 
you know, like they'll hint at this and hint at that, and you kind of have to piece it together. And Excalibur might scream at everyone. So you have to actually tell that story. And quite frankly, there hasn't been um, much evidence on the TV show. They would nail that on the TV show, to be clear. I don't watch BT, that's just me. But there's a great story to tell there, but you got to tell it, you know. And whether they would do that in a way that makes sense, <clears throat> I don't know. We'll let it play out. Eddie was a babyface against Punk in November. Eddie Kingston's beloved. I wish he did something interesting on the TV show, but he's beloved. <laughs> Fair. And he says, it's been a wild morning, Joe. My God. Cat's sick everywhere. My glasses fell apart. Like a comedy sketch. Well, that's unfortunate. Hope this story pops you. Your glasses thing has maybe reminded me of this. So there's a, there's a podcast, a Tottenham podcast, Tottenham football team for those down there called The Fighting Cock. And there's this story that popped me very much. Tottenham are playing Liverpool, right? And Liverpool score. And everyone goes, you're like, in, you know, the way we react, oh, fucking, you know, bollocks, all that shit, you know. And someone threw, like, threw their glasses up in the air. And it, like, went up, you know, the whole stand. And someone's fucking glasses have just dropped in front of them. So the question is, how mad do you have to be <laughs> that your team letting a goal in that you throw your glasses off because you don't want to see anymore when you could have just left with your glasses intact? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I hope that popped you, Andy. I'm sorry it's been a wild morning, but hopefully it calms down a little bit. I would like to note, if any of my answers on this show are bizarre or in, incorrect, that is 7.23am. I think this is a lot less apparent on the show than, than a lot of us think it is because we've been fantasy booking a hill turn since September. That's just me. So being in the chat, maybe they've got a similar perspective to me and watched a certain way. Because you got to remember, the people that have said he's full of shit, one of them's Eddie Kingston, who thinks every single character on the show is full of shit. The other one's MJF, who's a horrible, vile character. No one took him. No one was like, yeah, MJF's right about Punk. Punk took guilt, you know, took blame for everything he did as a, as a, as a young wrestler. And then Hangman was so vague that no one got anything from that. So it's there, but you got to read, I mean, like, it ain't, you know, the announcers don't talk about it and shit, and they don't, like, push this idea that Punk's like a, you know, they've just always, he's always been a baby face on the show. That's my read on it. Again, I, maybe I'm missing stuff, but that's just my personal take on it. They might. I hope they do, honestly, because I don't really need to see any rest of Sammy. Um, I think it would be actually, you know, a more fun deal if they had the, the uh, mixed tag situation. Wardlow gives me strong early Roman vibes. He ain't there yet. I don't think so. And again, look. Beauty in the eye of the beholder, brother. There's a lot of shitty wrestlers I like, so Wardlow's a pretty fucking good one to like if you're, if you're all in. I did see Kenny's speech. I'm sure there's a divide of some kind. This is the thing. When you have the roster that big, man, it's just pill split and fracture. If all of this is true, legitimately, like, 
someone needs to talk to the boys about leaking shit. Because if two top guys had such public issues with promotion in three months, then like that would not be a great look. And again, if it's true, if but if it is, thanks up. Um, yeah, I need more from Wardlow personally. The roster's too good to take a gamble for me. Just, just me. I would be too, Andy. I've loved watching CM Punk. I'll always have a great soft spot for Punk because his returns the favorite thing I've seen in wrestling. I think. I just, I think he's great at pro wrestling. I don't really care if he's a dick. I don't have to work with him. I never intend to. You know what I mean? There's a lot worse people in wrestling that people part with. So I'll be sad too. I hope we get to see him wrestle for a long time. He's great. So have a Satamura and Mandy. Is they are they doing that or is that a bit? Sure. V trigger. Kenny's promo felt like the elite reaffirming their mission with Adam in the first place. God bless, man. I mean, they built that shit. Can't can't argue with it. Before Double or Nothing went on the air, half the crowd was trying to fuck you, Hangman. How does he go from beloved babyface champs out? Because it was a mess, brother. It was a fucking mess. We talked about it a lot back then, and I kept, I felt like I was uh, I was losing the plot because people were so vehemently disagreeing. I just, I, I didn't know what the story they were trying to tell us. He came across like a fucking lunatic. He was just mad all the time. And it was like, we had to like look beyond it. Well, he's, the, the, the reason is Punk's going to turn here. It's like, that's not a good story. Like, a good story isn't defined by where it's going necessarily. Like, that's just a prediction. And then on the, on the last day, if you go back and watch the shows, my like final guess was Punk will just win. And I, listen, our chats are archived. Go back, look at the chats. Everyone thought it was unfathomable that Punk would win as a babyface. He did. Because we all just pretended that was what the story was. And it wasn't necessarily, it was a mess. Quiz. I have not watched any of it. I've hardly watched any of it, but I'm um, I've watched Garcia Danielson three times. Um, I need a big, I told you so, probably. I need more Eddie in general, man. I don't whine about Eddie a lot on the shows, but you know what? It's 7.30 a.m., so I'm going to do it. Everyone gives me so much shit when I do because, like, you know, Eddie Stan and that, it's, like, really annoying. Used to be especially annoying when I was on the dot-com. But, like, Eddie should be doing more on the show, man. The Jericho thing kind of cut his balls off low-key. and No one's talking about it. But Jericho actually won the feud, <laughs> which is fucking insane. And he's wrestling Sammy Guevara. Like, they they kind of fucked him over there. To honest. He'll be fine. He's Eddie Kingston. Fucking take that guy out. You can't take him out. You know, he's bulletproof. But that don't mean you should test it. Just because the guy's bulletproof don't mean you need to keep firing, man. Like, give Eddie his, you know, give him some some signature shit here on, on this on this paper. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's been on a great run. He's been the main character on the show. Don't give him Sammy Guevara. I'm sorry. That's, that's whole shit. This is the, this is unfiltered Joe Bing Bong here at eight in the morning. Oh, how woke up for a midnight snack, got notification, stand up for the bird. There you go, Fred. I hope it was, the hope the snack was good, pal. My God, Brian's off work. This seems to work for everyone. <laughs> Maybe we should do this more often. Are the inmates running the asylum at AEW? Probably, and that's most of the charm and will always be most of the flaws. It's increasingly WCW, and if you know anything about me, you know that I don't mean that with any kind of any kind of slight. Glad that popped you, Andy. 
Well, my team scored against Celtic in the, in the cup. I jumped and I had two rows in front of where I was sitting. I'm Morton fan. We knocked them out of the cup in 2013. God bless. Hey, you know what, bro? I don't care. I don't even watch football anymore. I don't have time for anything anymore. You know what I mean? You're right. They're shit. I don't know. Look at De Demon Grins in his like his best era right here. He's popping huge. The punk thing hitting the wall, <laughs> giving him so much content in the chat. You know what he needs, Tope. You know what Court Bar needs? He's the big angle, big fucking angle. That's what he needs. Good shit. Good shit. Start watching AEW when Punk came back. Was so excited to remember why I stopped liking him in 2011. He's look, he's polarizing, man. I mean, that's part of child punk, you know. What I mean, a lot of people don't like punk, that's kind of why punk is punk and why he rules, quite frankly. But I get it. Um, this is the weird May 5th promo hanger cut where he picked one single CM Punk fan out of the crowd to bury them if anyone wants to see it. I remember that one, that was the one when punk wasn't there, right? And he that weird, like, oh, he's doing a TV show, and it was like. I vividly remember watching that my, with Papa Holbert. He was like, Punk Riss was in this show way more than Hangman. <laughs> I was like, nah, tough, right? Tough draw. <laughs> it's weird, man. The Hangman thing was bizarre. <laughs> All of it was strange. He was like the second character. He was like the fourth most important guy on the show until he feuded with Punk and then had the weirdest feud ever and he lost. And then he went to being the 14th most important guy on the show. I reckon Oracle's on to say about him. I really do. I think I think Hangman's biggest flaw will probably be that he's just a fucking nice guy and he's going to just sort of let the pieces fall where they fall. I don't think he's that, you know. I think he said what he said about the Cabana thing because he felt a certain way about it, but I don't think he's a guy who's like, you know, going to be in TK's ear necessarily. I think that may be an issue right now because they've got so many people. Could be wrong. I don't know. His TV usage has been very puzzling as of late. Um, yeah, and this is the thing, right? Because uh, I'm sorry, pal, I forget why this is in response to because I'm very far behind. But this is the issue of the thing about like punk's always been this way. It's like, yeah, but to the audience that watches AEW, this us included, we don't see punk as the villain for happening in WWE. We popped huge for the fact he said that shit, you know, that voice of voice stuff was a shoot for a lot of people. So, um, yes, you're going mad. Garcia Danielson is one of the most. Unbelievably perfect wrestling matches I've seen in years. The first sequence of it is like a masterpiece in itself. Garcia's chops and Danielson's defiant response to them were like moving to me. The sequence late where Garcia does like tribute act Danielson to try and prove a point was was incredible. Um, Danielson's whole demeanor. And the fact that he was both desperate to win, but also trying to bring something out of Garcia and forcing him to up the level. As good as it gets. One of my favorite matches. Loved it. So fucking good, man. I said on Twitter, sorry to hear that, that if you have four set matches for your pay-per-view, and two of them are Eddie and Sammy, and Pinnacle versus Lethal and Friends, then something went totally wrong in the last booking meeting. Seriously, not con serious, seriously considering 
not watching the show. So look, I think the show will. Uh, I think the show will rule. So I would, I would just let this, just see the rest of the card. I mean, I don't really care. I mean, if you don't watch, don't watch. You know, what I mean, I don't watch stuff you don't watch. But I think the rest of the card will probably make it a, a show worth buying. Will be my guess. I am firmly of the belief that AEW's biggest flaw has always been quality control. And everyone, that term is so vague that people debate what that means and what. I'm not talking about, you know, scripting promos or whatever. I think they could do with someone in the booking to say, you know what, guys? This fella here is a nice talent. He don't belong on our pay-per-views, and so therefore he does not belong in programs on our show. Within your message, I think you name a couple of them. Now, there you go. Um, that's my personal take on it. A lot of people disagree. There are certain people that are on Dynamite every week that I would never put on pay-per-view. So therefore, why are they on Dynamite every week? They could be on Dynamite to do a job. They can put one of my guys over in a few minutes. But I ain't ever putting the gun club on fucking pay-per-view. Not for the next four years, you know what I mean? So I don't need them on Dynamite. They can be on Dark. And then what you do is you boost Dark up so then guys like this can live on Dark and not feel like they're wasting their careers. That's my turn. They've got way too many good wrestlers, to me anyway, to be wasting segments the way they too often do. I've always believed that, you know? Like, I've genuinely said that since, like, the fall of last year. I talked about it a lot and drove everyone crazy doing it. But it was it's my genuine belief. Like, they have a roster where genuinely they could swing for the fences in every segment. And everyone would say, oh, it's hot shot. And brother, they go 40 deep. Do you know how much effort it would take to burn through every match possible? I'm sorry. But you got CM Punk and Brian Danielson. They should interact within the first year of being the promotion. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. They should. You know? It's like, just focus on the key things, man. Like, you're, you've got the best roster in wrestling history. So that, that's the thing I said the other week. Like, they're, they're running a 15-man rotation in the NBA Finals. Like, the show's great, but, like, you don't need a cut to a gun club promo. You don't. you got killers everywhere. Focus on the killers. Rampage, put some gun club on. Dark. Put a lot of gun club on. Not dynamite. Make it premium. This is my take. <clears throat> um, fucking owned. Part of the won't care. He's too old. I don't care. He'll just be mad if... Uh, he'll just be mad if Punk's off the show. Hollywood Hangman is a huge CM Punk loyalist on the Wrestle Perverts last night. Pop, he loves him some punk. I mean, Punk replied to some of his tweets in fairness. That's pretty fucking. I mean, that's a good way to secure loyalty. He's a big fan. I respect him. I'm a big fan too. As great as Moxley's matches with Garcia were, Brian's have been all timers. Uh, he might have the best chemistry of him than anyone since Nigel. It's special, man, because I think Brian is a guy who, <clears throat> you know, will be actually affected and impacted and moved by, you know, like the fact that Garcia is so in awe of him, so inspired by him. And Brian will really enjoy the idea of bringing that out of Garcia and, and pushing him. And the hope is that in 20 years, we're talking about Garcia as one of the greats, and we say, man, those Brian matches were what got him there, you know, got him on the way. I think Garcia has got that ceiling. I think he's unbelievable. Um, 23, man. Guys, just... He's got it. He's got everything you need. You know, I, I think 
one of the coolest things that happens in wrestling is when you get these generational clashes that one day are very special pieces of history. And I'm, I'm very confident that if things don't get in Garcia's way and he doesn't have bad luck of injuries or whatever else, which God forbid, um, this will be one of those feuds that we one day, you know, kind of go, we circle and say, what a cool thing that we got that. Um, timeless, magical pro wrestling. I just, I, I honestly, I struggle to even come up with the words to explain why I love that match too much because you have to watch it and feel it. It's just, it's everything I love about wrestling. It's, it's unbelievable. They're going to add Daniel Garcia to Blackpool Combat Club. How big is the table going to get? How many people are too many people? I think they are going to add him. Um, I think that would be about the limit. The one beauty of it is you can um, treat them differently because they are more of, in their own words, in Moxie's own words, they're more of a fight camp, meaning you can have guys split apart and be spread across the show without feeling weird. They're not like a traditional stable who has to do segments together every week. Like, you can be very loose with that. So I think they're going to be more of a squad than anything else. You know, like the late night grin. Absolutely, they do. Just click. Show's been a good time, man. There weren't many. I couldn't do the Burt yesterday, and apparently I'm doing it now for the tomorrow or today. But um, the late night grin was a really good time. A really, really good time. Like, uh, we did four hours. I didn't even know it. Trying to see it's pretty wild. I've never seen a four episode of AEW Dynamite. I only watch segments and matches that interest me. Hey, listen, that's a pretty healthy way to consume wrestling. It's <laughs> a lot better than that's uh, a lot better than just you know watching everything and getting real mad about it like the rest of us do. Good job. They're swinging for the fences in some ways, but they they include a very wide net of talent, very wide net. They include a lot of guys that aren't really factored into any kind of major program or direction. And I don't see why you do that. You know, you have the other problem is in terms of like Lethal and Sammy, their roster split is fucked. Like, if you look at their baby faces and heels, honestly, guys, seriously, look at it. Like, even put your own list together. They are in big trouble. Like, they, they go like 14 baby faces deep and about seven heels. And that's why Lethal is all over the show because he's like a heel they can kind of beat, but he's sort of credible. Same goes for, uh, for Sammy. Like Sammy, I think on my, the last time I did a depth chart a couple months ago, Sammy was like the sixth heel. It's craziness, you know? Like, it's just hard. So I, I think that's their biggest issue. And you need, obviously that's not, you know, it's not like bad luck. You have to fix it, right? You have to try and change that. Unfortunately, Ricky Starks got over huge and you had to turn him babyface because he really would probably benefit from being a heel right now. But such is life. Hopefully Hobbs gets it. There you go. Good job, JJ. Roll with it. I think so, man. Like, I really think Danielson's good. Like, I know that's kind of controversial when we don't talk about it a lot, right? But I think he's pretty good. Yeah, this is true. Danielson's not been on screen with the other guys, right? Um, Factual. Yeah, WCW, we even joked about this on the grin. I know you haven't seen it yet, Andrew. We actually had a joke about, like, what would his AEW be? And we talked about how, like, there'd be a bunch of mid-cards just wrestling matches against each other just, like, <laughs> just because when you feel eight minutes on the show. They were terrible for that, man. Like, I'm not – WCW was um, hilariously mismanaged. I'm not, I'm not trying to suggest they were, like, a good version of this. I'm just saying I think sometimes there is such – a, a desperation to protect everyone. You've ended up with a roster where there are legitimately like 30 guys that are like protected 
and you don't need 30 guys that are protected. So you you ultimately like you gotta kind of pick, you know? Like if the art like if Andrade only wrestles on TV once a month because you don't want to beat him all the time, it's like, well, I mean, I don't know, man. Like <laughs> I don't know if that's the answer. And you can't they still beat him quite a bit anyway, but it's like I think that's the thing. I don't think there's many guys above him they want to put him over. I don't think there's many guys below him they want to have him beat. So I haven't lose to. So. Yeah, I didn't I didn't uh, throw it to Bob when I intended to earlier, guys. I'm sorry for that. On the first question, I intended to throw it to Bob, and we kind of got carried away in a different direction. And Bob's is too polite. He won't just talk over us like the rest of us do. So we, you know, we need we need to get Bobby rolling more. Get the ball in his hands, you know. How about that NXT UK business, huh? Okay. I think you need to have Swerve lose the tag belts and turn on Keith. He'd be a great upper card here. I mean, I, you know, I think that's Swerve's highest ceiling. Um, Swerve is so good as he is, but as a heel, I think he's absolutely a main event. So, yeah, I think that's a good idea, certainly. Or wait a little bit though, because uh, <clears throat> you know, otherwise, you'll have um, you'll have Hobbs and Starks, Jungle Boy Christian. It's like you'll be careful, I ain't saying betrayals. You can do give it a little bit of time, agreed. Dukes is saying that he thinks Danielson's great, bootlicker. I think the issue of the heel face split in AEW is that TK is pretty reactionary when it comes to crowd response. The acclaimed Sammy Miro, these are all turns that are probably caused by crowd response. Also, the undisputed here all going down injury doesn't help the heel side either. It doesn't. The Miro one is weird because I think Miro was going to be a babyface regardless when he came back, which is kind of puzzling to think about considering what the roster looked like. like why would you bring Miro back as a babyface? Now, you could argue, and you may be arguing now that he was a heel when they turned him because he got cheered, but like I don't, act, I think he was going to be a babyface. I genuinely do. So that is a befuddling one. But you're right; he is reactionary in that way. Um, I don't think that's. I like that about him in some ways because I don't think you should go against the grain for the sake of it. Like the acclaim clearly should have been babyfaces. Starts clearly should have been, babyfaces. but you have to then reshuffle the deck. You know. It's challenging. Look, when you sign as many wrestlers as they do, too, everyone comes in as a baby face. It's hard. I genuinely enjoyed the bit where Bob said the name of who. Yeah, that was good. That was the fact. I was very concerned Bob wasn't going to pay that bit off. Very concerned indeed. And, and he did. I was very proud of Bobby. Oh my God, we've gone 50 minutes. All right. 10 more minutes, guys. 10 more minutes. I agree. Swerve's got world title potential, certainly. Um, Triple Paul, bring about the map thing. As soon as he's got Paris, very funny. It is. What NXT Europe looks like, I have no idea. Based on NXT UK, I don't think he has much of an idea either, to be quite honest with you. The earlier about the dreaded casual viewing, uh, hangman ideas being dicks, might actually make the heel turn more biting, nothing worse than being fooled. Certainly, I think the same to that. You know, like, again, this is the key, right? It's just how you do the angle. It's like the uh, 
the execution is key. Like, if you do the actual angle well, then all of this starting as a work shoot has no issue. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just you can't lean on it. If you do like a real betrayal, it will fucking rule. Absolutely, it will. Um, I'm torn. Like, Bailey's a really interesting case because, uh, like, she's. I feel like there's there's ways to to make Bailey feel like a bigger deal, but she's so selfless that she's kind of just like letting Dakota and EO take the shine because, of course, she is. God bless her, but I don't know. Because Bailey's back as a heel, but she does also feel like she's just slotted back in, which is not necessarily what I want from a top star, but there you go. Then you need someone on the other side besides Christian Jericho, Punk, Brian, Omega, and Monster can't be babyface. One needs to turn. Tend to agree, brother. I mean, it's Brian, right? But the Blackpool Combat Club thing kind of muddies those waters. To be fair, Nifman, they came pretty close the other week on TV. Like, I can't remember what segment. There was one segment where they said something about the baby faces and the crowd like actually booed them. And I was like, well, fuck. Those crowds are a lot easier to manipulate that way. Like, AEW crowds are a lot harder to, like, get, you know, get to boo popular wrestlers online. Much harder. If TR needs to be the next champ, so she win clean. Then Swerve turns off the match. Yeah, that works. If TR thing's weird, guys, I don't know. We were talking about off the uh, off the grin there for a minute, and you know, I, I think there's a lot of weird stuff with that FTR do. It kind of concerns me. I would agree. The MJF thing's very interesting as a high ceiling. It, I'll be totally transparent. It absolutely fucking terrifies me as a fan of the product. Um, as someone whose fandom is kind of up and down right now with them. The punk, the MJF thing really concerns me because I feel like there's a version of it could, that could be hilariously disastrous because it could be the big angle I wanted in a way that I definitely didn't intend, which would be very funny, but yeah, I don't know. Shouldn't go against the audience, but there's something to be said about seeing things through. Keep and Swerve have no credible heel teams to hurt as the champs. Should Ricky be a face? Yes, but they probably could have waited a bit longer to give Team Taz, Keep and Swerve feud a proper blow-off. Torn on it. Agree. Definitely better than what they've done instead of it. I also think there was an argument they'd probably... The time between the feud starting and the belt match was probably too long, which means I think there was definitely a sentiment of, like, this needs to end. I actually agree with you. I'd have done a proper laugh, too. But I could definitely see a world in which there'll be pushback on that. So, there you go. Um... Bailey should wear the waist pants for the pockets for war games and bring skewers in like mocks. High ceiling, low floor. There you go, Dukes. Um, Bianca reminds me of Josh Alexander. My God, both very good. In impact because of how over and good she is every time actually special. She's just had issues with challenges getting injured. She certainly has been unlucky on that front, right? Um... Yeah, I, I mean, she's a great champ. Bianca's fucking awesome. She's one of the best talents in all of wrestling. I love Bianca. She's tremendous. I love this whole angle right now. Um, I love some of the potential storytelling you can do with Electra and Asuka and just, just different things. I mean, there's, like, that crew they've got, you can tell they're all so into it. 
Like I was joking around about the bump earlier, but seriously, there was a, there was a couple moments there where like they asked Alexa kayfabe questions, and she just didn't like she didn't play ball at all and just talked about how like fun everyone like how great everything is on that division. And if you watch the angles, you can feel it. Like I think there's a sense in that crew they're like doing something cool and, and like actually important on the show, which I'm sure the SmackDown women are delighted about, but. I think the Raw crew, they really feel like they're locked into their spots. Um, there's a lot of optimism, I think, internally about EO and Dakota being there because a lot of people wanted them there for a long time. Bailey is so, like, famed for her ability to lead a locker room and unite people and galvanize. I think she's done that already. I'm absolutely convinced that's happened based on just stuff that I've, like, read from people, wrestlers publicly you know, in the interviews and stuff. I think they're having an absolute fucking blast in that program. So, uh now, that speaks to kind of how fun the Raw Women's Division is right now. As a fan, I think it's it's coming across personally. That's just me. And listen, I'm sure there's people who don't get on. I'm not doing that bit. <laughs> God forbid. I'm just saying you get the sense that group's really enjoying their, their run right now. Pop. Yeah, I agree. I think the, the babyface term was so perfect, man. It's tough. It had to be shocking, too. It's very difficult. I think we're getting Keith and Swerve versus the Acclaim versus the Gun Club. All that. Apparently, it's um, apparently it's the, the Acclaimed. Right? That's what everyone's saying. That's like the like hinting scoops to thing. The Acclaimed. Um, that's fine. I think it's kind of prelim, but the Acclaimed thing is a very funny. I mean, it's like it's one of those things where I say one thing and I think people take it the wrong way. It's like I think the Acclaimed are a fun act. I think the world tag title should be at a certain level. And I just, I don't think they're there yet. They're very over. But a lot of people are very over. I don't want to risk with the world title. To me, the tag title should feel like the tag version of the world title. Swerve and Keith versus Acclaimed is not necessarily a world title thing to me. Not in a division that has some big time heavy hitters, you know? I think Swerve and Keith are up to it. I'm not there on the claim. I think they're a fun act. They're very old. No one's questioning this, but I just, like, I don't know what the ceiling is on that tag match. I'm sure it'll be good. I don't think it'll suck. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, like, and this is a philosophical thing, because a lot of people are hearing what I'm saying and saying, like, what the fuck does this matter? It's the tag titles. That's the way my brain works with tag titles. I think the tag division is at a point at the top end, and now let me be clear, the top end, because there's there's depth issues. But I think you have a top three or four, four is probably the number, that legitimately can give you like 20 to 25-minute pay-per-view matches for the tag titles. The kind of matches that, again, are the equivalent of what you're getting for the world title. Is the acclaim going to give you that? I don't necessarily think so. So there you go. Um, brother, I watched a bit of that Leah deal. It was fucking hilarious. Bless her heart, man. Trying her best, but my God. Um, this is true. If it is the gun club to claim you're absolutely correct, that'd be the third straight pay of you where he does a program and then just slots the champs in. Gotta respect the consistency. I wanted it to be on draw damn rush. Hopefully it still is them. I'm somewhat doubtful, but I really hope so, brother. I think that's got way more juice as a pay-per-view match. Joe, the women still on the free agency. Candice, Tegan, Tyre, Mia after Banfagori. Who is Triple Paul bringing back next? Um, he's bringing back three of those. Next will be 
next will be fuck. Next will be Candace. That's my that's my guess. Topay just had Terry Funk cut a shoot promo on people no show in the pay per view. <laughs> Samojo headbutted Bob Sap unconscious and Monty Brown pissed on a photo of the TNA logo. In other words, this TEW save is going well. God bless, that sounds great. Tremendous. I think there's a chance Tegan comes back to the clothes. I think there's actually a chance that one of the baby faces doesn't work the match and it's Tegan in their place. Which would be very funny because that would be one particular baby face and would kill a lot of potential bits dead. But I think it could be a particular angle, which we'll get into another day because we're at an hour. And I, with all due respect, I can't believe I've been on it for a fucking hour. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this. This has been the Burt. Very early edition of the Burt. You will now not see me until lunch later on Friday evening. But we do have some shows. I don't know about where, where we stand on the uh, the rankings business. <clears throat> but um, not this week at least because I don't know if you saw, but Joe Show was pretty busy. God bless. Shout out to her. But there will be world-class Fridays, probably at 8 Eastern. So enjoy that. That will be a hell of a time, I promise, folks. Give it a shot, even if you don't you don't watch World Class. I think the story is so intriguing, you may just enjoy that. I think I think it's really going to be a fun ride, and it's going to be easy to follow because it'll be once every couple of weeks. And if you like it, we'll work on the, you know, I'm going to use a similar format for NXT, Black and Gold Era. So there you go. Um, I agree. The Fed schedule is be issue for Candice. The problem, the beauty of it is, that schedule can be very adjustable right now. If you look at the women's division, look how many of the women are working more than once a week. It's, you'd be surprised. You know, like you can you can be very loose with that now. So I think they could work around it. Look, man, Joshua's got a shot. You know, people have been very dismissive of Joshua. He won the middle rounds in the last fight. There were some signs when he hit him to the body that Usyk, you know, felt those in a major way because Joshua is such a big man and a big puncher and a prolific hunter at that. There's nothing wrong with, with putting some money down on Joshua. I ain't picking him, <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with putting some money on him. Um, I got Usyk mid to late, you know, eight, nine range. Um, I think Joshua's going to overexert himself, try to get a knockout and be fucking exhausted, to be honest with you. That's my, that's my read on it. But I'm really excited for the fight. I mean, heavyweight title fight, man. It's good as it gets, right? So I'm excited. See some all howls. I see some some grins. Yeah, seriously, thanks to everyone in the chat for uh, giving me good questions and getting me for an hour, guys. I appreciate it. I didn't want to not do a burp. I didn't think I'd be able to like, do it later. So hopefully this was uh, hopefully this was a good time. All right. If you, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I was going to say. World Class Fridays. See you there. Enjoy this outro. Did, did you ever have problems when you were working together? Never, yeah. ever, yeah. ever. No. Okay. No, the only problem we ever had once was we were in, uh, gosh, down here in Pennsylvania at this place called uh, The Lagoon. Just off, by, down from the airport. It's a, a hotel and a restaurant and a big bar out on the, out on the pier. We were having a wrestling show there. 
And Bunny and I were out doing our Polaroid photos. And it's a funny story, but it's nothing personal. I don't hold it against him. If I did, I'd tell him, I'd let me have the money back. My Polaroids were not working that night, so I had taken about 15 of them. And people started coming back wanting me to redo them or give them a refund. Well, my film was all gone. It was None of it was any good. Mm -hmm. So I said, i tell you what I'll do. I'll be back at intermission, and I'll redo them. And Bundy said, oh, man, why don't you go ahead and give those people back their money? You know that films of shits? I said, they, they walked away. I said, you shut the fuck up. Because that was really, that was none of his business to say anything. But in intermission, I had my match before intermission. I got in the car and left. I didn't give a refund to anybody. Fuck them. <laughs> Lest we. Alright, All right, seriously. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy this outro. Speak to you all soon. Thank you for for coming and watching this one. I don't know if it was good, but I appreciate you all.